Welcome to the Actually Connecting Podcast, where emotions, consciousness, and connecting come first. Welcome, welcome to the Actually Connecting Podcast. This is Dan Brew, and I'm really excited. We got a fun guy on, and I'm really stoked to hear his message, kind of hear what he has to say, what he does. So, Roger Brooks is the founder and host of American Real TV, a weekly talk show aimed to inspire, empower, and enlighten his audience through the stories of his guests. He has interviewed some of the most fascinating people from around the globe, including Ed Milet, Brian Rose, Laura Everts, and David Meltzer. He is also a best selling author, high impact coach, and an entrepreneur, currently building a media empire specializing in online education programs through his brand, Innovate University. Roger Brooks, man, how are you doing today? Dan, thanks so much for having me. I appreciate it. I'm doing awesome. That's really, really cool. So the Actually Connecting podcast is all about emotions, consciousness, and connecting. It's where we really kind of dive into some of these things that are not talked about every day. It's, it's not every, every day where we're, as men, feel comfortable to even broach these kind of topics. We're, we're very pushed into a society where silence is best. And I'm really curious to hear, how did you find yourself in a situation where you were running a podcast, being willing to speak, talk to people who are influencing the world? How did that all start? Wow. Well, Dan, uh, it really happened because I did one thing and I didn't do it on my own. I was told that I needed to do this. I had trained under Brian Rose, who is the founder and host of London Reel. And as part of the training, he talked about something that I'd never really even thought about. And that is to become vulnerable. I was never vulnerable. And, um, and I believe I was afraid to be vulnerable because like many people, I had been going around wearing a mask my entire life, really my entire life mm-hmm. for as long as I could remember, uh, both in the, in the corporate world. And I feel um, even to some extent around my family and friends. And still, mm-hmm. I was able to, to remove that mask and it took a lot of work. It didn't happen overnight, but until I was able to remove that mask and really be transparent with everything I do, that is kind of when I, I started to come into my own and be able to uh, do the podcast and start the many other things that, that we're, you know, that we're working on today. That's huge. It's so true. There's these, there is a mask and I think a lot of people are wearing it today and it is a sense of you're protecting yourself. I would imagine. Totally. 100%. And look, I, you know, the, the earlier you could figure this out in life, man, do I wish I figured it out in my 20s or my 30s or my 40s. I mean, you're really like, I guess it was my late 40s by the time I figured it out. But I think the yeah. earlier you could figure this out and not, you know, not walk around where you have to impress someone or anyone or, or feel like, you know, you have to drive the nicest car or have the nicest house or anything where the, you know, the, the designer clothes, once you get to a certain point and, and those things no longer become important. And by the way, when you could also feel 
um, you know, that there's nothing that anyone could say that really doesn't bother you because if you're doing things for reasons of your convictions, then it really doesn't matter. That's when I think we could thrive as, as humans and, and really become the best version of, of who we're supposed to be. And, and it's always growing, right? So every day we try to become mm-hmm. better than the, than the day before. Mm-hmm. I've heard it recently stated, and I've been reading the seven highly traits of affected yes. people, I believe. And they talk about it with character persona, where the persona of your character matters more than the character of your ethics and principles. 100%. No, I, I, I totally agree with that. And, um, you know, I had the chance to interview Dave Meltzer a, a while back. And one of the things he said, one of his quotes, which really resonated with me, and it's very similar to what you just said now is to be more interested than interesting, right? Be, be more interested in what people have to say versus, you know, trying to be interesting to others. I mean, when, when you really think about that, I mean, that's to me, it's, uh, it's those little things. Like now you start to be more yeah. aware and conscious of your words. And, you know, are you really listening to someone when they're talking? Are you, are you present with their words? Are you aware of what they're saying? Or is that monkey mind of yours going crazy while someone else is talking and you're thinking about, you know, what, you know, f- 10 other things that, that, that have nothing to do with it? Right. It's huge, really huge. So that leads me to two questions. First being, how did you remove that mask? Because I think with so many people having that mask, if they could have an understanding of what they can do, man, that is critical. Well, you know, looking back, I, I don't think I could point to one thing in particular, but um, the, the first thing that really helped me was Brian Rose asked us, uh, there were about 68 people in, in the course that we were taking to become podcasters. He asked us to put up a post telling the world that we are getting ready to launch our own podcast. Now, it may sound like, okay, that's not a big deal, but I had been one of these guys where I was always really guarded and really protected, protective about anything I put out to the world. So for me to do something that was a little, you know, a bit away from from my career, if you will, at the time. Mm-hmm. But by, you know, what is a podcast? Why would, you know, and this was before podcasts were even as popular as they are today. But, you know, what is Roger doing? Why would he be doing this? I was fearful of that. I was really afraid how people would take it, you know, what they would think of me and how it might affect my my career and my income. Um, so I tell you though, when I put that post out, it, it kind of just started to open the door and it, you know, number one, it wasn't as bad as I thought. As a matter of fact, I started receiving a lot of positive feedback from people, even those that I was worried about saying, wow, that's a great Mm -hmm. job. You know, good for you that you're, that you're doing this on your own. And so it was the exact opposite of what I had anticipated or thought the outcome would have been. Um, and then from there, you know, wow. once once I started interviewing people and, and learning from them and, and putting more content out to the world, that's when mm-hmm. I started to come into my own and feel more comfortable in my own skin and not having mm-hmm. to really worry about what people might say or what they might be thinking. That's awesome. 
What is it when you did that first post that you were doing for the world? Do, do you remember? You mean, what did I say? Yeah. What did you say? It, it was a pretty basic message just that, you know, you know, I'm, mm -hmm. I'm getting ready. I'm taking a course, um, an online course. I'm getting ready to launch a podcast and it's, you know, it's going to be called American Real. And I hope that as, you know, my friends and connections that you'll support me. It was pretty simple. And he, he actually had it scripted for us and that we could edit ourselves. But uh, it was very basic. It was very, very basic. And Good. but the response was was really um, well received, not only, you know, by my post, but many others in my class that, we you know, we would sit around and we would talk about this on our weekly Zoom calls. And it became empowering, um, you know, once once that actually went out to the world and the positive right. reinforcement came back. You saw and felt impact. 100%. Epic. It's really cool. What does American Real TV do? What do you stand for on this weekly talk show? I know it's to in inspire, empower, and enlighten. But walk, walk my audience through a little bit about what you do with on that podcast. Yeah, so the whole idea, and as you can imagine, with anything new, I am constantly trying to get better at what I do. Mm -hmm. But the whole premise is to bring on a different guest every week. And the, the tagline or the theme for the show is everyone has a story. So... Although, you know, in the intro, you read some nice names, Ed Milet, Dave Meltzer, Lauren Everett's, you know, some some pretty popular people. It's great to interview people that have made it right. But but I stand by my tagline that everyone has a story. So I've interviewed, you know, former drug addicts that have made a comeback. And, you know, not that they're any, you know, big major contributor to the world as far as maybe you know, being an entrepreneur or anything like that, but they're contributing in their own way by uplifting those, you know, people around them. And um, so, so that's, that's the whole point of it is being really able to sit down with anyone and digging deep enough to be able to share a part of their story that may have impact. And that's, you know, as an interviewer, uh, you know, this very well, you know, you, you kind of, it's like anything. The more you do it, you get better at it if you want to. And then hopefully you're able to uncover some questions and, you know, conversations that are thought provoking. And the whole idea is we want to try to be able to produce content that people enjoy. And and it can be entertaining, mm -hmm. but it also can be um, life changing. And I've had those moments where someone will just reveal um, you know, a story for the first time that they've never revealed before. And it, and it does, you know, wow. it, it, it makes a huge impact on those listening and watching. Wow. It's really cool. So, okay. That's perfect. Leads. So my next question goes to how do you stay present? Cause you mentioned that, that present being so important. So you've got the, how you remove that mask and it's just start with this first initial step. And it's kind of let the world know that you're planning on doing something new and you got incredible impact through that. But then you, it mentions being present in that moment because now that you're doing the interview, how, how do you stay present or is that something that came naturally for you? Well, I'll tell you, and I, I've talked about this before. My, my dad always taught me to be a good listener. So I played baseball growing up. That was my sport. Um, you know, took it as far as I could and, 
he always told me, you know, what, even if the coach is yelling at you or whatever it may be, if you did something wrong, just be a good listener. Don't, you know, don't mouth off. Don't talk back. Mm -hmm. Just be a good listener and really listen to what they're saying. Because if you can be a good listener and, and, you know, take in what the coach or the teacher, whoever it is, is saying and apply those learnings, mm -hmm. then you're going to get better. If you have a, you know, if you have a hard head and you're not taking in what someone's saying to you, then you're probably going to make the same mistake again because you really weren't being present. You weren't listening. Yeah. So from a young age, I, you know, I did take that to heart. And I think that was one of my, you know, skill sets is that I, I am a good natural listener. So whether it's my kids talking to me or my wife or, my, you know, whoever it is, I do try to be a good listener. And I brought that into um, the studio. You know, when I, when I do my podcast is first and foremost, try to be a good listener, but it's, it's hard, you know, and I have my moments, believe mm -hmm. me, where, we're in the middle of a conversation. I'm thinking about the next question or, you know, I'm trying mm -hmm. to bring the conversation to a different place. But, you know, if, if you just try to stay true to what you're doing and, and your values, then for the most part, it works and you are able to stay present. And, you know, looking, I do a lot of the interviews in person, face to face in the mm -hmm. studio. And I do. Yeah. Much yes, easier. It is much easier because you're looking at someone in the eye and and you're really present with mm -hmm. them. So mm -hmm. it's um it's it, it's really important for me to remain present. And it's also really important to me to pass that on to others so they could try to remain present with the people in their lives because it does make a difference when you're not, you know, if you go out for coffee with someone, you're not staring at your phone half the time. You know, you're you're there to have a conversation and meet with a friend and, you know, be present with them. Roger, this is 2020. You can't expect me not to have my phone in a coffee shop. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> when you have those moments of fear, how do you push past? Like, what is it? Do you just kind of say, that's it, I'm going to do it. Count to three, go. Do you have a process? Yeah. You know, it's, it, it's very similar to that. So if whatever you call it fear or, you know, you're getting off your game or whatever it may be, it is, it's just some, it's a matter of regrouping and, um, and then just going right back into, you know, the mode of, of, of being present because as, <laughs> as good as you are, as good as you may be at, at this, it's still, like I say, it's a constant learning process to, um, you know, to make sure that you're aware and present at all times. Yeah, it's really true. It's, it's a consistent practice day to day. It is, to and day. it's good to practice outside of work, right? It's good to practice. Yeah. It's, you know, and I believe me, I mean, there's times where my wife says, are you going to put that phone down? You know, but it's hard today. Like, right. you know, and I'm sure you're the same way. I get hundreds of messages a day now and it's, you want to mm -hmm. respond to people and you want to, get back to people and be responsible. But, um, you know, there's also family time. So there is that balance. So sometimes I have to say, you know what? She's right. I have to leave my phone in my office mm -hmm. or just spend that quality time because that's time we'll never get back. Right. May I ask you a personal yes, question? Sir. Okay. So with myself and the reason I'm asking is with work and with the outside world, I was so happy to give my best self and put this face on that you were talking about. And that face was my true being. I really meant that face 
But when I would come home, the, the mask would slip and kind of my real being would come out. Did you find that there was a, a transition period about going from that mask slipping to going internal home where you had to recalibrate almost your relationship internally with yourself, your wife, and then uh, then the outside world? Dan, I'm so glad you said that because to be honest with you, I don't, I don't think about that much, but you are dead on because I wasn't always as you know, you know, if my kids or my wife listen to this, they'll, they'll probably laugh a little bit. But I, you know, um, I have not always been as good at home as I am now. Like I, it changed me. It changed my entire self. Right. So yeah. when I took that mask off, I not only became a better colleague, friend, but also father, husband, son, brother. Um, everything changes. Everything changes. You know, I was very reactive before and I still am at times. I'm not perfect, but I was very reactive before and I would get, you know, I would, I guess I would get um, uh, upset easily, you know, at, at things. Mm -hmm. If my kids did something where mm -hmm. now I, I don't do that as much and I try not to do it at all. And if I do, mm -hmm. I catch myself and I apologize. That's another thing is I never used to apologize. Um, now I, I, I apologize if I, if I snap, you know, and mm -hmm. that's also really important for the kids to see that, to see their father or their mother apologize to them. And I'm trying to teach my kids to do the same back because I know some, when I was a kid, it was hard for me to apologize sometimes. So it's a mm -hmm. two way street, you know, and, and just trying to bring some, um, you know, uh, genuineness to the entire ecosystem of, of my world, you know, wherever I am being that same person at work, at home, you know, um, you know, with friends it matter, just trying to be that same person, no matter where you go. Mm -hmm. Oh, so grateful you said that because it's, you're spot on. It's, it really opens up so much. And you, by doing that offered generational healing, what you've experienced before, your your children will be able to pass on moving forward in a way that you didn't have growing up potentially. And I think that when you can do something like that, that's real impact that then spreads on and on and on and on and on. Totally, totally. And I, you know, I, I actually starting to see some of that with with my children. I hear from people. I heard from one of her teachers today who sent me an email, and she just said, "Look, I want to let you know your daughter." is really stepped up since this whole hmm. homeschool thing. Like she's helping other kids. She's, you know, tough. She's asking questions. She's there for people. And she, she just said, you know, you guys raised her right, which kind of just, you know, it, it confirms some of the things that we're doing are hopefully making an impact, not only on her, on our daughter and our son, but those that they're encountering. Cause that's, that's what it's all about. If we could make an impact, it's not about, it shouldn't be about just yourself. Of course, you have to be the best mm -hmm. self you could be. But I mm -hmm. feel the whole reason we're doing this kind of thing is to impact others. How can we spread this knowledge in this wealth mm -hmm. of, of information of becoming a better version of ourselves so others could do the same and then pass that on to those that they're in direct con connection with? Mm -hmm. I think it's what's so incredible what you've done here is there's a lot of times with social media being such a popular thing right now and it's such a, a huge medium that everyone's using 
we are speaking about what we should do. And what really works is leading through example. And I think this is a perfect example of leading through example versus speaking your example and how much more effective it can be in that impact movement. Totally. I, I, I agree 100%. And I think if you're doing that for the right reasons and for no other reason, mm-hmm. you know, definitely mm-hmm. one of the lessons I've learned is totally removing money or the need or want for money from the equation entirely. When you when you can do that, and again, I only speak by experience because I never used to do that. When you can do that, and it's hard to do again, but it changes everything. The energy changes, and you know, I, I've, um, and I don't want to, you know, get ahead of ourselves here. But one of the things I've been doing here over the last couple of months is putting a lot of time and effort into the business. But I see how social media posts, you know, to your point. Everything that I put out is, it's all working together. So when you're intentional about a social media post and not having any, you know, after thoughts about I'm doing this for money, for example, I'm just doing it for the right reasons because it's the right thing to do, but it opens doors and, and you start to hear from people that you wouldn't have that, you know, may be looking for something of, of, of service from you that, you may not have reached them if you weren't doing it for the right reasons, if that makes sense. Absolutely, it makes sense. Uh, I've noted it to be with my heart. I had my heart turned off in a lot of ways. I was using my mind and my mind told me money mattered. And once I started opening my heart up, that opened up my mind to be able to hear the real message I was trying to speak. And in turn, money flowed. Yeah, you're so right, Dan. And Again, it's taken me a long time. I'm 50 years old now, um, but it's taken me a long time to learn that lesson. And I think I've had little, um, you know, breaks of of light over the years, uh, you know, doing that. But then I would always go back to my old ways, right? And but it's just mm-hmm. really over the last few years since I started the podcast that I'm seeing it more and more and more. And, and to be honest with you, this time in the coronavirus, just being, um, you know, quarantined myself and, and the other my other partner and business partner and others that are involved in our organization. We all live by these same rules and it is opening up so many doors because I believe we're doing it for the right reasons and we're not seeking the monetary part of it. And like you said. Uh, opening your heart changes everything. Yep. Yep. Okay. So that leads into a perfect place, which is what the podcast is all about in a lot of ways are emotions, consciousness, and connecting. What do emotions mean to you? Well, emotions uh, to me is, are, you know, what the, the reaction to something, how, how you react um, you know, in a positive or, or negative way. And obviously what, what we are trying to do with our, with our podcast is emotionally impact people um, in a positive way. So whether it's someone sharing their story about success 
or mm-hmm. someone overcoming something. You know, I interviewed this uh, former soldier who was in the U.S. Army, was in Iraq. Uh, he was in a tank that got blown up and he, he, uh, he lost a leg and, you know, uh, use of uh, most of his fingers were gone and his ears were gone. I mean, it was just the worst possible situation you can imagine. But when you look, when you sit across from someone like Rick Irish, Sergeant Rick Irish, retired, and you could go beneath the, the, the surface of the face and listen to the person inside and talk about emotions. I mean, I get emotional just thinking about it because of what he overcame because of his will to live. And then, you know, then there's a whole love story at the end of of his story, which he never thought anyone would, would look at him anymore, let alone fall in love with him. He met his wife um, and, uh, you know, daughter after uh, a a lot of years of, of, um, you know, trying to recuperate and the, the man is just amazing. So the emotion that came out of that podcast and for me personally, and for those who listened and watched was just incredible. And, and, and that's, that's what I aim to do every single show. Wow. Wow. And that's so beautiful. People's stories. You're exactly right. It, it offers that. So I'm going to use the word easily when you choose to put the effort in and yes. be present. That's right. What's really exciting is you people, audience, can do that every day when you meet someone new. When you meet someone, it's amazing how many times we look at our significant others and think we know everything about them. They've told all the stories. But when you really sit down and ask new questions and really are present, you find new things that are just you never knew before. And even that is is emotional. Dan, you're so right. And I, you know what? I'm going to say this. I think most people are lazy. I think they're lazy in their yep. in their relationships. I think they're lazy in their friendships. I think they get complacent. And mm-hmm. and again, I speak from experience. I'm not perfect, but I try to empower others to look at things a little different. And you're so right. Like th- there's we come in contact with so many wonderful people every day. If we weren't lazy, we if we weren't complacent in in how we you know think of others and and not actually be less selfish, you know, and be selfless, we can learn so much more about people. We could learn from our youngsters, you know, it doesn't have to be even our spouses or significant others. We could learn from those younger than us. We could learn from those older than us. And we can learn from anyone we come into contact with if we're willing to dig deep enough. Absolutely. Really cool. Okay. I'm gonna put you on the spot a little bit. With that being said, is there a story you haven't told before that you would like to share? Uh, sure. There's probably lots of stories. I'll tell you one story. I, um, it's just the first one that comes to mind. Yeah. Um, when I was, I think I was 20, I was living in Portland, Oregon, going to college out there at Portland State. And it was uh, summer break. And I was working at the apartment building that I was living in. It's called South Park. South Park uh, was the name of the building. And uh, just doing some maintenance work, you know, I would vacuum the, 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 the lobby and take out the garbage and just trying to earn a little extra money while I was in college. And 
one day um, a, a classmate of mine came up to me and, and said, hey, he said, would you be interested in going to Japan to um, work to learn our, our family business? It's a construction business and you'll get school credits for it and uh, you'll go for three months and come back and, um, you know, it'll be a great experience. So I, I checked with my parents. My dad actually spent time in Japan when he was in the Air Force back, you know, when he was young. So he, he thought culturally mm-hmm. it would be wonderful for me to experience that. You know, everything was paid for. Plus, I was getting paid. My mother didn't want me to go because she thought it was, you know, kind of risky for a 20 year old <laughs> kid to be going to Japan. But we checked everything out. It seemed, you know, legit and all that. And and I ended up going. Well, they treated me like gold. Um, I got there. They gave me my own apartment, uh, my own car. I, um, um, you know, was going into the office. A lot of people spoke English, so that was very helpful. They sent me to schools. So I was learning Japanese. It was a really great experience. Um, until after a couple of weeks, <laughs> they told me that my job uh, title had changed. And I was no longer going to be working in the office that they wanted me to become a driver for the CEO of the company. So I ended up chauffeuring this this gentleman around um, uh, town into the golf course and wherever he wanted to go. I was basically his uh, servant. And um, and they also own these uh, pachinko parlors, which are like our casinos and I don't know. I just started to connect the dots and, and things weren't really adding up. And one day um, I went into one of the pachinko parlors and, and one of the guys from the U.S. pulled me aside and he said, hey, he said, let me just tell you something. If if you don't want to be here, stuck here for uh, I think he was about 30, 35 at the time. He said, you know, for the rest of your life, like me, he said that I would get out now. And I'm like, why? And he's like, because they will they will get you in so deep that you won't be able to leave. <laughs> so it scared me. And wow. you know, I called my parents and uh, there are a few other things that happened that I, I really won't get into. But they they suggested I get right on a plane and come back. And and I left. Um, so although it was a great cultural experience and I learned a lot and they treated me well, there was also this other side that this guy pulled me aside. You know, looking back, maybe he was a little intimidated. I don't know. Maybe he was being serious. I don't know. To this day, I don't know. But I was at a crossroads, right? And I had to make a decision at that time. And my gut told me to leave. And I did. And uh, I've never shared that story. But it it was impactful in my life as far as, you know, being able to try to make decisions and Sometimes things seem too good to be true, right? And um, and again, I don't want to badmouth of the people because they did treat me well, but there might have been some other ulterior motives there that I just was not aware of. Mm-hmm. What I, I just love that story so much because, number one, you got to experience culture. And that opens up a mind and brings really limitless opportunity. Totally. Totally. And it's actually helped me become more comfortable wherever I am. So I've been to many, I've been very fortunate to travel a lot, especially in my business career. You know, I've been to many different countries and cultures and, 
And I'm not afraid of that. I, I love it actually. And I welcome it. And I don't know if, if, if I didn't have that uh, experience going to Japan, I may not have been able to, you know, be so comfortable as I am today. Uh, You're, you're right. Mm -hmm. It it, it was, it was, uh, you know, it was a nice blessing. And it really shows what, well, first of all, we all have this gut instinct because I, w- I want to speak to so many of the Americans out there right now. This is an old statistic, so don't quote me on this statistic. But about six years ago, it was 80% of Americans had never left their home or moved away 20 miles outside of their yeah. original birth home. I'm- that blew my yeah. mind away. Well, I mean, I could tell you, I live, we live in upstate New York. We're about, we're less than three hours from New York City. You would not believe the amount of people that live here that have never been to New York City. I mean, it blows wow. my mind. It blows my mind. And I feel when I speak with a lot of these people, and because I do, I try to speak with everyone and really hear like, what is your thought process? A lot of times it comes yeah. to fear. And the they are they would rather experience the devil they know yeah, than the devil they don't. So true. It's but what's no, 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 God, it's, please. it's true. I mean, it's what it, it, it definitely to me, it's all about fear. And that's the only reason, because if you have any desire to travel, even if you don't have a lot of money, you could find a way, whether you take a bus or, you know, there's ways to get to places without uh, having a ton of money. So it's it's more about, I think, the fear of, of intimidation and, and not being comfortable going to a place that's new. Exactly. And that fear piece that you talked about earlier, where sometimes you just got to do it and trust that the gut instinct you have within you being present enough to let you know that the experience you're in is something that is good or bad moving forward. And we all have that. 100%. And I encourage people to really follow that because it sounds like you followed something that could have turned really, you know, we all have these situations where you jump on a rock and you could fall off. But when you jump on the rock, you feel on top of the world. Right. Right. Now, you know, now the roles are reversed. So um, our daughter wants to take a trip with her friends uh, in a couple of weeks to head down to mm-hmm. South Carolina. And, you know, I'm not comfortable. with. I'm not comfortable. <laughs> That's a different kind of fear. Right. So but here I am, you know, I'm trying to put myself in her shoes. She's a senior in high school. They've just experienced this mm-hmm. quarantine. I have to let go. Like as hard as it is, I do not want her to go because of the fear, but I know I have to, and, and she's going to go and I'm sure it'll, everything will be fine. But, um, you know, so we're not only do we have the situation for ourselves with the fear, but then when our, when our, when our children approach us with things or other family matter members, it, the, the roles are reversed that, uh, the fear changes a little bit. Mm-hmm. May I ask you what your gut instinct is about your daughter going on this trip? Well, you know, my, I guess my gut is I my my fear is the driving. You know, it's a I think it's a thirteen or fourteen hour drive each way. So mm-hmm. inexperienced drivers, you know, they're seniors mm-hmm. in high school. Um, but again, I was there. I did it. You know, and and mm-hmm. we were fine. And I just have to, you know, whether it's now or six months from now or twelve months from now, there's going to be things that come up where now she, you know, she'll be 18. She's an adult. And, mm-hmm. um, and I, and, and to be honest with you, I have to get over it myself. So 
Right. I, I'm encouraging her to go. I want her to herself to be responsible. Of course, check in mm-hmm. and thank. Thankfully, mm-hmm. we do have relatives uh, fairly close, so um, that's that's always a plus. There's Plan Bs. There's stuff. Yeah, that's yes. great. It's that's phenomenal. Yeah, and I I've been really practicing this, and I I'm going to bring it up just because you mentioned when I ask about the gut instinct, your gut instinct is initially thought, but then you jump into what your fear is. My guess is your gut instinct is not fear. That's just the the emotion that hits. Mm. My my imagine I imagine that your gut instinct is that she's going to be okay because that's why you're allowing her to go. Yes. And you you love her enough to know that this is the right thing for her, but then the fear is then now you can list out all the things that are scary. Right. About yes, it. you're right. Absolutely. No, I love that piece. Please, <laughs> thanks for framing it that way because I didn't think of it like that. I, I, well, it's something I've been working on real, a lot because I'm finding that my emotions jump to fear so quickly, but when I listen to my gut, I'm realizing that it's actually not fear that I'm hearing. So true. Right. You're right. And I didn't think of it that way. And I'm grateful for you telling this story and walking me through your personal experiences because it allows kind of our audience to hear this and hopefully decide to travel for themselves because we're in this, there's a lot of fear around right now with this whole coronavirus thing and the stuff and the things. There's always a lot of fear regardless of what time That's it right. is. And I think when we learn to choose love, there's so much positivity when we're in the present moment, like you've been talking about. That's just, it's so incredible. It is. It is incredible. And um, I think when you're able to view it in that way and in that light, um, it becomes all the more appreciated as well. Yeah. Thank you for your story. I, I really appreciate you and this process that you've just gone through. It's my me. pleasure. May I ask, what are your future goals? Because you're doing a lot right now. You've got a podcast. You help people write books. You help people build courses. Like you, you're doing, a, you're sh- moving and shaking. Dan, I'll tell you, as I mentioned, I'm 50 years old. But here's, here's the interesting thing about what I'm doing right now. I, I partnered with a 20-year-old kid, Gen Zer, okay? That is probably the smartest <laughs> person I've ever worked with at any age. It is so wow. smart. So, and I've known him since he was born because we're our family. We're, we're basically family friends. And um, I challenged him to write a book. Actually, he he came up to me uh, at a wedding a couple of years ago, asking about the podcast, and told me he wanted to start a podcast. I gave him a couple of tips. And within a few weeks, he started his own podcast, and it's it's doing great. Um, and he and another um, friend from the university they interview entrepreneurs, and and it's an amazing thing they're doing. So after that, shortly after that, early last year, I challenged him to write a book. And I've always had something in me. I don't know what it is, but I'm, I'm a writer, so I've always encouraged people to write their own book because I know what it did for me personally for my career when I wrote my first book and my confidence. So I've been empowering others to write books just kind of casually over, I would say the last five or six years. I just, I've done that. And a couple of people have actually taken me up on the idea and and, and wrote books. Then I challenged this kid to write a book. 
he wrote the book in 78 days using my method that I taught him. And this is not a novel. This is not a book of fiction. This is this is more of like a how-to book or, you know, business book mm-hmm. or something of of your, you know, knowledge or expertise. Uh, he wrote it in 78 days. Um, then he and I partnered up on a few things and we started uh, this this book course together that we actually piloted. We, ha- we brought in 20 people from around the world that all wanted to write books. We gave some scholarships to a few college students. Some people paid. I mean, it was a combination, but it was more of an experiment. And mm-hmm. it was just amazing to see that it was the concept was working with others uh, to the point that I, I'm all, I am now all in. So I formed a, a corporation, a company with Andre. His name is Andre Heichel. And we, um, and, but all of our employees, everyone working within the company is from Gen Z. So I'm the older guy and and there's all these younger guys and I am having a blast because these kids are so smart and they're teaching me every day and I'm bringing a little bit of experience and wisdom back to them. And we have this amazing dynamic and we're just, you know, we're, we're doing so many different things. As you just said, we're, we're teaching courses we're helping others bring their course online. So a lot of speakers today, they've lost their income because they can't speak. So we're, we're working with many of them to bring their courses online. And we're virtually starting a, a, a competitor of Masterclass. And wow. um, the difference is our, our courses are highly interactive, unlike Masterclass. And Masterclass is wonderful. I don't want to knock it because it is a wonderful platform, mm-hmm. great content. Of course, you know, top, top um, instructors, uh, but they don't have interaction. That's one thing that I feel is very, very important with online learning. Number two is accountability. We hold our students accountable. So you may, you know, be kicking and screaming that you didn't write your pages for the day or for the week. I'm coming after you to say, Dan, you know, you need to you need to stay on track here. You're not going to finish this book. So we hold you accountable. And then the third part is we form a community around everyone. So people are helping each other. Um, friend, friendships are formed. Business relationships are formed within the community. And it's it's really beginning to um, turn into something special. And we're at the very, very beginning of this. So I'm just really mm-hmm. excited about what the future holds. Wow. What is the company called? So the actual corporation is called Incubate university. And um, we named it incubate because the whole, the the tagline is ideas to life. We want to help people bring their ideas to life. So whether it's, you know, writing a book or doing a website for them or helping them with video, whatever, whatever our role is to help that person, we're trying to bring content or an idea to life. And then the actual uh, course platform is called innovate university. Innovate you. Uh, we want people to empower themselves to be able to learn, you know, through online education, um, to jump in with two feet, just as I did when I learned from London Real how to become a, a podcaster. And, um, mm-hmm. you know, the whole idea is to help change lives. And no matter what the course is, no matter who the instructor is, to have that outcome there at the end of the day, when people finish the course, that they come out of it knowing more than they did before. 
Wow. I want to be involved. <laughs> Come on over. We're, we're, there's yeah. plenty of room. We, and that, that's quite honestly, that's how a lot of this has happened is people that I've interviewed on the podcast, just the connections I've made, you know, and, and myself and Andre and others. Um, it's just, you know, it's, it's like-minded people wanting to do things together. And we, we talk about collaboration, right? Like if you think mm -hmm. about music, Think about all the collaborations happening in music today. Some of the best songs and hits have been because of collaborations. You know, mm -hmm. I think Drake, mm -hmm. like the godfather of collaborations. Mm -hmm. And, you know, he goes on, in, on so many um, of his fellow artists albums and vice versa. And magic is formed when you're able to collaborate. So when you could get rid of that competitive nature, and it, again, it took me years to do that. When you could get rid of thinking, in a competitive mind and being in a collaborative mind, it opens up opportunity like you wouldn't believe. So I am all for collaborating with anyone. Again, it goes back to our tagline. Everyone has a story. Everyone can bring something to the table. And I look at all ideas because you just never know where, where they could lead. And we're bringing on some amazing instructors that I would have never thought um, I would have had the opportunity to partner with, let alone build them a course and, you know, generate, um, you know, income as well as help the other people on the other side. So it's, it's a win, win, win all the way around. Wow. Okay. So I'm going to play this out live with you right now. So the audience can also follow these steps. I really do want to be involved. What are the next steps I need to take to be involved with the company? So what we do is we hold a, a zoom call where we walk you through our platform and the way it works is not everyone is necessarily intended or they may not want to be an instructor within our academy. They may want mm -hmm. to have their own academy. So we mm -hmm. kind of flush that out. Like, you know, Dan, do you, are you looking to do your own thing or do you want to be part of what we have? And then, mm -hmm. you know, and then we actually show what happens behind the scenes. There's so many pieces that, to do this right. And again, we're still learning and we're getting better every day. Right. Mm -hmm. I would, you know, I just, you know, we use a Trello board. I don't know if you've ever used Trello. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's a brilliant organization app for anyone out there. Trello is where it's at. It's amazing. What I love about it is that again, it goes back to what we talked about earlier. It's full transparency. So our, our partners are, are, you know, our instructor partners can see everything we're doing in real time and and we could see what they're doing. So again, we're holding each other accountable because unless both sides work together, you're not going to get the course done. But there's you know probably a hundred things that need to get done to make the course effective and you know to get it live. And it probably takes about eight weeks uh, to to do it all. So we go through, we show the Trello board and all the pieces that are involved. Um, you know, and then you have to record videos and, and um, you know, talk about how to do the interaction and to form the private Facebook groups. There's a lot of pieces involved, at least with our courses. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, if it mm -hmm. all sounds good. We, we talk about the different packages that we offer and which we try to be flexible because it's not a one size fits all. Um, of course, it's a lot of work to do these things. And then we just mm -hmm. figure out the, the business terms, you know, um, what type of partnership is it going to be? And we really try to to do that based on what our partner is feeling. You know, how do they feel about it? You know, we have some partners that 
have you know a million or more followers on Instagram or or Facebook or whatever, and then we have others that are not in that same caliber. So it's like I say, it's not a one size fits all, but we feel that everyone deserves to have a course, and we want to be, mm-hmm. um, uh, uh, you know, at least some type of a, a way for them to get their course up and running because it's pretty intimidating to do it on your own. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. Okay. So how do I and my audience reach out to you? I'm active on LinkedIn. That's probably the best way. Uh, Anyone could send me an email, roger at americanreal.tv, R-O-G-E-R. And of course, I'm on Facebook and, and Instagram, but LinkedIn is probably the best place to reach me as I'm most active on, on LinkedIn. Okay. Roger Brooks on LinkedIn. Excellent. Okay. Very, very good. Um, is there anything that you really are searching for where people can come help you accomplish these dreams? Is there anything specifically that you guys are searching for at this moment? Or is it just kind of come if you're interested and passionate? Well, I'll tell you, I'm I'm always looking for great guests on the podcast. So if someone knows of someone or maybe even themselves, you know, please do not hesitate to reach out. I'm doing more and more of them. I'm pushing myself to put out more episodes. Right now we do one a week, but I want to, you know, I want to do more. I want to do three, four, five. And I've actually been challenged to do seven a week at some point. Wow. The more stories we could get out there, the better. Um, of course, if, if there's anyone out there is looking f- to build a course like yourself or someone they know, uh, send them our way. We'd love to talk to them. And look, if anyone wants to write a book, I'm telling you, it changed my life. Um, it's definitely a commitment. But I promise you, if you follow the method um, that we've built and now I have others that have taken my concept and, and you know, even improved it even more, I could promise you. You will have a book in hand within 90 days if you follow the method. Whoa. Powerful. <laughs> really, really powerful. And we're going to talk after this for sure. And I hope I encourage you all out there to, to reach out because he's the real deal. And I appreciate you being on this podcast. Yeah, thank you uh, so Roger. much. I really appreciate all of your time. And thank you for the opportunity absolutely. and the platform. Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay, everyone, this is actually connecting where emotions, consciousness, and connecting come first. Uh, Follow, subscribe, and uh, reach out if you're interested in knowing more. Thank you so much, Roger. Have a great rest of your day. Thank you. You too. Like what you heard? Give it a share. Want to talk about it? Comment or like below. Have a great rest of your day. This is the Actually Connecting Podcast.